Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Edmund, who is living abroad in Switzerland. Now, Edmund is originally from Malaysia, and he describes what life in Malaysia is like, why he decided to leave Malaysia with his partner, and why he decided to move to the Philippines, and then eventually Switzerland. He describes the difficulty of moving abroad with a partner, and how that might impact one's relationship, and how one views themselves in these different places around the world, in different contexts. And he also talks about this idea of identity, in particular Asian identity, and he uses his own experience to give some insight. And finally, he talks about what he hopes to continue to learn during his time in Switzerland. Hope you enjoy. This is In Living Color, Abroad. Right, Edmund, welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing, man? I'm doing very well, thank you. And you? I'm doing pretty good. Nice Sunday morning here, and it's Sunday evening over there in Switzerland. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a windy um, evening here. Um, we had some rain clouds coming. Um, the weather is just changing quite drastically. We had a really wonderful winter. And then some sometime in February, we got a bit of a spring, and then it went back into winter. So it's just flip-flopping at the moment, but ah, it's cool. That's good, that's good. Well, all right, let's get right to it, Edmund. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so my name is Edmund Wong. Um, I'm originally from Malaysia. Uh, I'm born in Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital of uh, Malaysia, and I'm uh, of Chinese descent. Um, if you have never heard of Malaysia, it's a multicultural country where um, we have the Malays, who are predominantly the the uh, the largest uh, section of Malaysians, followed by Chinese and Indians, and we have got lots of Sikhs and Punjabs, and it's it's quite a melting pot um, as a country. And um, I have left Malaysia um, approximately seven to eight years, if I'm not mistaken. So what happened was I met my partner in Malaysia and we left to go to the Philippines. Mm. Um, when I first arrived, it was a place that I've never even set foot in my life <laughs> and I needed to find a job. Um, and that went well. Um, I lived in the Philippines uh, in uh, Manila for around three to four years before I moved to Switzerland. Um, so I currently live in a small little um, village called Shebra, um, Shebra Village, uh, which is in the Canton Vaux. Um, so what's special about this area is that the house um, of uh, where Nestle comes from. I'm sure mm. you're familiar with Nestle, yes, with, yes. with all the, <laughs> the brands that you probably would find in your grocery stores. Right. Um, yeah, and I've been living here for the last um, four, nearly five years. Wow, awesome. So you've been you've moved uh, quite a bit in, in your life in the past 10, 10 years, right? So that's pretty awesome. So let's go back to, to Malaysia a little bit, right? Because again, I know very little, if anything, about Malaysia. Um, <laughs> so um, I, it's, I think it's interesting because I think you mentioned the fact how the fact that it's a melting pot you mentioned, right? And yeah. I think a lot of Western perspectives, right? Me, I'm from the States, America, you know, we think that all Asian populations are the same, right? That they're homogenous, yeah. you know, it's all, yeah. So it's, it's Asia, so it's just full of Asians and not, and be ignorant to the fact that no, in a lot of these countries, there's a, there's a mixture of cultures. So growing up in Malaysia, what was that like? Well, I'm really glad that you asked that question because I, I always play the role of educating someone what is Malaysia <laughs> like and, and um, how different the cultures are. Uh, what I realize is it's, it's very similar to Europe um, where, you know, the French culture is very different from the Italian culture mm. to the English and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, in Asia, you know, where I come from, the region, we can actually go deeper, which is Southeast Asians. And mm. we, you know, the cultures between a Thai uh, culture to a Chinese culture to the Malay culture or Indian culture is so different. And then if you zoom in within um, where I come from, um, I'm Chinese, but then I'm actually of Cantonese descent. And I come, my roots trace back all the way to 
Guangzhou, mm. um, and we speak a completely different dialect to a you know a Chinese person that comes from um, the, the different parts of China, and so mm. and the kind of food that we eat. Um, the way that we speak and different celebrations can differ, and it's it's th- it's that that I I love um, Asia for that. So if you come to Malaysia, I, I suppose one of the the greatest things that we we do have is is food, and and it's all by all the culture that that um, of, of people that have actually moved from different parts of um, China and India into the country, as well as. Uh, um, the indigenous uh, people, as well as uh, mm. uh, the the influence from Indonesia, um, our, our food culture is 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 just so wow. so rich, and um, we always have the debate as a family. Um, I remember this uh, during breakfast. We'll be debating what will we have for lunch, and by lunchtime, having lunch, we're debating where we're going to have dinner, and at <laughs> dinner time, we're debating what we're going to have for breakfast, and that's really culturally what we have. But it's it's great. It's a amazing awesome awesome no i mean that's definitely i i'm glad you 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 went into depth on that and again it gives educates me and hopefully educates our listeners about malay culture and malaysia in particular also i noticed you have the pride flag on your profile do you identify as a gay man yes so um i do um identify as a gay man um i i have been out but uh i I think it's very interesting when you ask me that question because (laughs) Um, coming from Malaysia, um, Malaysia is a country where um, homosexuality is still deemed as um, illegal, mm. um, and you can be found uh, and, and placed in jail if, wow. if you're convicted. Um, so it's, it's it's that kind of country because also it's predominantly Muslim, um, and that is why some of the laws are much more Muslim-driven. And also coming from a an Asian culture. Um, if you look towards that side of the world, you know the the gay rights. Uh, it, it's it's sort of a, a step behind or a few steps behind the Western world because you know the Asian culture is very steep in you know um, family uh, and tradition, and it's it's it has it's quite a departure from that being mm. gay. So. Right, right. I suppose I'm one of the very lucky ones, you know, to be able to to leave my country and and to live um, very freely in in a Western world, right. um, to be uh, you know gay and 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 to be out, you know, to be able to not hide who I am because I I believe a lot of my friends in in Malaysian are are not able to you know come out uh, you know and be be open about it. Right. So, yeah. So let's let's talk let's talk a little bit more about that, right? Because again, you said you you identify as a gay man, and you grew up in a culture that obviously suppresses anyone being gay, and you could be convicted and jailed for being you know who you are, which is obviously you know seems very backwards, right? So yeah. you growing up in this kind of culture, did you know from from a young age that I want to leave Malaysia because of this? Was that a, a real a big reason as to why you left? Mm, that's a very interesting question. I think um, it was probably one of the many factors. I have loved traveling um, as a child. I'm, I'm very lucky. You know, my, my mom made it a point to bring us on holidays and to go abroad and see the world. So hmm. so I've been to America. I've been to, you know, all the way down to in China and Korea and, and, and Japan. And there's so many countries that we've been to as a family for holiday. Um, and so that has always been instilled in me. So it's not really just because I, I, I realized I'm gay, I wanted to leave Malaysia. Mm. But part of it is it's true because you, you can't really um, get married or, or, or openly be seen to have a partner. Now, I'm not saying that if they see you on the street, you know, somebody's going to come and attack you <laughs> or, or they're going to drag you off, you know, like some other parts of um, the world, like uh-huh. the Middle East. But it's, it's hush hush i would say mm. it's it's almost like it's not seen in in the light you know i mean there are gay bars in malaysia don't get me wrong um even though they are, they don't identify them as a gay bar right. you could go into this premises and you would soon realize that drag eggs <laughs> it's kind of open and it's not like you're going to go to jail tomorrow but if you are going to do it outwardly and, mm. and if you're caught in the act, uh, you know, right. um, 
so that's that's going to be a, a problem. So I suppose that has been one of the driving factors, and I've always been, you know, um, my mum and my my dad, you know, spoke to me in English uh, as I grew up. You know, it's it's something that they tried to instill in me to 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 spur me on um, in life um, because if you come from a, an Asian country, you, you usually just get acquainted to your local uh, dialects and languages and, and it won't spur you on, but but they made it a point. And um, I've been immersed in a lot of Western culture more than they had in their childhood. Um, so I, you know, somehow got attracted to, you know, the, the Western culture a little bit more. And I suppose that all these things were factors to to allow me to leave. And, and when I met my partner, my partner's English, mm. um, that just basically was sort of like, the, you know, everything coming together and allowing me to actually just move out of the, uh, the country quite easily. Um, mm, yeah, so so it. here yeah. I am in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll get to that in a little bit. So that's really interesting. And you just mentioned that. I was going to ask you that. How do you learn English? So you said it was through your parents. And how did yeah. they learn English? My roots come from, from China. Okay. But, um, I think we are the third, or the, I'm the third or the fourth generation ah. uh, Chinese born in Malaysia. Okay. Um, so the interesting thing about Malaysia is that it's part of the Commonwealth. So the British has settled in Malaysia twice. Mm. Um, and when they settled in Malaysia, they were building a lot of uh, missionary schools. Um, so both my parents were actually in missionary schools where they were taught um, English uh, as part of um, the curriculum. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's always that thing, you know, when you speak English, it helps you um, move on in life. And that's why if you go to Thailand, for example, you would see a lot of English schools because right, right. Um, the hospitable, uh, sorry, the hospitality uh, sector mm-hmm. uh, needs a lot of English speakers. And so that is why, you know, my parents from an early age try to push me that. And... I am addicted to TV, so my <laughs> English really comes from watching, you know, the, the, the crappy 90s TV, you know, I've watched everything from reruns of Baywatch to The Bold <laughs> and the Beautiful, and, um, you know, Friends, you know, I've always right, watched right. shows like that, and, <laughs> and that's where I also learned about Western culture, because mm. what is okay and what is not, so right, yeah, right, that, right. that's really how I learned English. That's, that's so interesting, and that's, I'm so glad I'm speaking to you because, again, most of my guests that I have are quote-unquote expats, people that come from the United States or the UK and immigrate elsewhere. And you have someone like you that's from Southeast Asia and Malaysia immigrating to the West. So I like seeing this uh, different perspective and just completely different upbringing, right, as far as like, how you immerse yourself in a, in a culture. And that's just, you know, it makes sense, right, through media, right, and <laughs> through schooling. Uh, but that's just awesome. All right, so let's get it. So you move out of Malaysia and you go to the Philippines. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Why the Philippines in particular? So that's so that's interesting. So I, I met my partner in Malaysia. Okay. And um, so one day, you know, I knew his expatriation would come to an end um, after some years. And, and when that happened, he said, I'm leaving to the Philippines. Would you like to come with me? <laughs> At first, I was like, I've never even been to that country. Um, so I, I don't know if I would be able to, to get a job there. And by then, I was working with Ogilvy, which is a an advertising agency uh, in Malaysia. And somehow, I think two weeks before we were leaving, I managed to sort of get a transfer to Ogilvy in the Philippines. So job settled and, wow. you know, wow. took my flight and... I, I was quite lucky. I think I signed the contract two days before I left Malaysia for good. Oh it was just really chaotic. Um, Man. So I arrived in Philippines um, and it was such a different country to Malaysia. You would think that most of the Asian countries would look and be similar to mm-hmm. where you come from, but mm-hmm. it was a completely different country. So I lived there for four years. So what I would find yeah. interesting about, you know, dating as an expat and then, you know, or if you combine it with dating expats and locals, right, where you mingle and mix. Yeah. So what was that like for you? And I want and I want to extend that to your family where, you know, you're dating someone, right, that you want to be with. Yeah. And they're like, well, I'm leaving, you know, because that's a part of right, the expat life. It's not really you go somewhere, you just stay there the rest of your life. You might go elsewhere. 
So what was going through your mind when you knew your partner was going to go? And what were your thoughts of like, so is my family going to, you know, care? Or, you know, like what what were your thoughts during that process? I mean, listen, this is this is one of those things where right now (laughs) I'm trying to just look back and it's just basically like, you know, the years just flashed back through my eyes. Well, I I mean, I, I, I was never intending to you know necessarily find somebody who is not local let's just put it that way Mm. and i i have to be very honest that i don't think my family in the beginning was very receptive towards it because we were a christian family Mm. and also a very traditional chinese family i would say sort of traditional if i would compare myself to 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 most but um yeah it's quite traditional so when you come out and you suddenly say, hi, I am gay, boom, uh, and I am dating someone, boom, and he is not Chinese, he's white, boom. It's and like I'm punch like, after even, punch after punch. I know. I do recall there was this really heated conversation between my mom and my sister, my brother and I, mm. over the fact that I was leaving. And that was the day before I oh was my flying god! Off. Oh, It was quite dramatic. <sighs> I mean, it came from uh, a place of love. Um, they had their concerns and, and you know, they're probably thinking like, oh, my God, my, my son is going to end up in hell. You know, my <laughs> brother's going right. to not go to church anymore. I mean, like, I, I'm still very much Christian, mm-hmm. um, but I believe that, you know, I was made this way and mm-hmm. God made me this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I suppose it was such a huge culture shock and, and when I looked back at my relationship, never did I think that I would have left the country. It's just something that wow. happens so naturally that, you know, you went, you, you go on a date and then suddenly something worked and then you became closer and, and, and things just fall into place. And right now we've just celebrated with we're probably about 11 and a half years together. Wow. So you obviously um, made the right decision. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I, I sometimes still do regret it, I think, on a daily basis, but I like to tell myself I did. Um, but but that's, that's what's beautiful, um, because I, I didn't go out searching for a boyfriend. I right, basically right. just happened to find somebody who sort of like, you know, um, him and I just just matched so well, and, and, and that's how our relationship has blossomed and and has gone on and, and continuously evolved. And I think that's very important because in a relationship, it, there needs to be some sort of evolution and, and change. And and I think when we moved from Malaysia to the Philippines, you know, the relationship changed. And then when it moved to Switzerland, it continuously uh, changed. And wow. we don't know where the next adventure is, but right. I believe every day our our relationship matures, if I would say so. I think that's such an amazing point you made, right? I think that's such a powerful point. The fact that your relationship has to, you know, has to go through an evolution, has to constantly kind of mold itself. And even more so when you're physically moving somewhere, right? (laughs) So I I think that's such a, because I interviewed another another couple, they were expats, and they also moved abroad together. And they mentioned this kind of thing of you have, the relationship can't just work in one context. It has to work in multiple contexts. You know, it can't just work in Malaysia. It has to be able to work in the Philippines and in Switzerland, right? So I think that's such a huge, important point for yeah. anyone listening and wants to, you know, be a part of the lifestyle, which is, you know, to be an expanse to just migrate <laughs> all over the world. But yeah, so now let's go to Switzerland yeah. now. Now Switzerland. All right. So why did you move to Switzerland? <laughs> so once again, it's, it's my partner's job. <laughs> Um, so I, I'm this, I'm this sort of like trailing spouse. But what, what I really love about it was because um, what is he? Wait, what does he? Works, what does he do, by the way? Um, well, my partner works with Nestle. Um, oh, he works so, with Nestle. Okay, got it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so, so in this area where where we work right now, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's called Verve. That's where Nestle was born. Ah. Um, and so he has been sent by Nestle to different um, parts of the world and and I have been sent uh, so when we were in the Philippines what happened was um, he got a call and I still remember the day that he got a call because it was a champagne brunch that we were having (laughs) on a Sunday and it was a really stressful time because um, we don't know where this was going and and he ended the call he came out and he said like 
we have to move to Switzerland. And I was just crying. And then we were with friends, you know, we were all hugging. And then we went back more drinks. And then we end up in some biker bar, I think, at the very end of it. It was it was a whirlwind. But the move was so quick. And, um, and that was interesting because when I was leaving the Philippines, um, I, I'm leaving without a job. Mm. Uh, so that was quite scary to be honest when when we left um because i'm i said like i'm coming to a country where i don't speak the language right um they speak french in this air, area so i've never you know really spoken french in my life um and and you know i don't I, i've been working in advertising by then for about seven to eight years and you know there are no agencies around you know that i know of and this is going to be a completely new chapter but i told myself just like what i did with the philippines i'm just gonna jump right in with both my feet and let's see where, where does this lead me the interesting thing about this time um is that um i went to the uh, i came to this came to switzerland and um my partner did tell the company that that he, he has someone and while we're not married um you know he's my sort of like somebody has been living with me um, for th this amount of years and so nestle was really amazing and they just said we're going to treat him like a spouse and he's going to come here we're going to give him the full support we're going to give him language classes and wow. stuff like that and i was like really <laughs> so yeah i was i flew in right now sort of as a spouse status and um when i arrived um my god this country is amazing i mean everything is on time it's clean <laughs> it's beautiful um yes so so things worked out so i i um we, we were looking for for a house and 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 the house that we're staying in right now or living um was somewhere that we, we took months to look for and those were the months that i sort of started to rediscover who I am I was thinking like, if I can't find a job maybe I'll start blogging and I'll start doing different things you know I'll learn the language um, but at the same time I was looking for a job as well and uh, what happened was um, out of a sudden there was an opening in Nestle wow and I um, <laughs> applied for it I had to apply for it and go through the whole um, interview process and Somehow, by some strike of luck and, and everything just falling into place, um, I got a, a a role, but it was not the role I intended to 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 get. It was not the one that I interviewed for, but they said that they wanted to see if I'm interested to do a maternity cover. Mm. So I just said, you know what, I'm not doing anything. So it's like, just sign me up, just, 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 <laughs> just let me do it already. So I did that for nine months, and somehow, after as my contract was about to end, someone within the team and the role that I wanted left and wow. I, I I moved on into a permanent role and yeah I've been with Nestle for years and so right now we're both <laughs> working for the same company wow I mean so let's stop let's stop right there I mean that's just an amazing yeah. story of one perseverance and you really like you said you, you mentioned this a little bit earlier you're like I'm gonna do the same thing I did when I moved to the Philippines I'm gonna jump in yeah. with both feet and you yeah. kind of trust trusted the process. Obviously, trusted your partner, right? Someone that you love to go somewhere else. But also trusted yourself yeah. that you can make it work for yourself. Because I think one thing that for anyone listening, right, whether you're moving with someone else abroad, right, with a spouse or by yourself, you have to be able to trust yourself in the process that you're able to do it regardless of whatever circumstances you're in. So, yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> for yourself, I'm just thinking about back to that champagne brunch you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it's I just know. I can imagine the roller coaster of emotions going through that. But again, you still had this kind of belief, right? This this yeah. this willpower that, yeah, you know what? This is scary. This is crazy. This is overwhelming. But I'm gonna make it work. I'm gonna make it work yeah. for us. But I'm gonna make it, make it work for me as well. And of course, you know, luck has it, and opportunity has it, and fate has it. We call it whatever you and you're religious, right? So fate has it that, of course, you you eventually will find a job in the same company as your as as your partner. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have never thought that I would have gotten the, a job in that company. Um, 
in, in Nestle, but I, I am truly blessed, you know, and I, you know, just reflecting on what you've said as well, you know, moving as a couple is never easy Mm. because you have to balance uh, between the needs of both parties and, you know, your needs start changing as years come, uh, go by as well. So I think that if, if, Ever somebody wants to go into an expatriation process, um, or if one of your partners, Mike, you know, moving to another country, and and you have to ask yourself the question is, um, you know, who is going to be the lead? You know, mm-hmm. whose whose careers are going to come first? And right, right. you know, in our in our relationship, we we know that it's my partners. But for me, I will tell always tell myself that okay, if that's the case, then I would have to find what avenues I. I can venture into. Uh, could I start a business o- overseas? Could I um, learn a new language? Take up, a, um, you know, a master's or something. You know, there are there are lots of opportunities. But but if you keep to that one area, you know, if you think that I need a job only, you know, I've I've seen um, people here that um, I, I join a group here. They they do have a group called um, International Dual Career Network, where you know I've gone on you know, meet different companies and find out how the recruitment process is. And then you get to speak to other people who are just like me, trailing spouses, looking for a job. And, you know, it's very interesting to see um, who finds a job and who, who doesn't, because, you know, the people who succeed are the ones who just say, I'm just going to try everything, you know, I'm right, just going right. to, you know, get out of my comfort zone and and apply or, or just try something or study something. And when you hear the stories, you get so motivated. Right, and then right, you would right. hear another person say, I've, I've been looking for a job for a year and a half and this is the only role I want to do, you know. Right. And, and I realized that if you limit yourself in that box, then you'll forever be limiting yourself. Because I didn't do the first role um, because it's something that I wanted to do or something that I'm comfortable doing. But I just say, you know what, I'm just going to try it. And right. and that worked right. really well. So so I guess, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep that in mind the next time <laughs> we're going to move, if ever. Um, you know, to just just keep keep going because you know the older you get you always tell yourself oh, i can't do this i can't do that i'm not spring chicken anymore but right right in the end you know if, if you if you there's a will there's a way right you know? and i think also right to add on to what you're saying is the fact that you mentioned this you know this person that let's say i can only do this job and that's the only thing i want to do and if i don't get that then you know screw it you know you set yourself up you said you're limiting yourself but then you might affect your relationship at on the other end as well because you're going to be miserable. So if you're miserable, misery loves company. <laughs> so, I know. So it's going to it's going to affect your relationship in a very negative way with your spouse who, you know, who you moved with is seeing you in this kind of very bad place, but you know, you're also not open to doing things. That's obviously like that has has to have a negative toll. So like I said for anyone listening that, you know, like you mentioned Edmund, your story is a perfect example of this. You got to go with the flow of life and you got to be open yeah. to to change and to trying new things and if you're open to that, Good things will happen, as in Edmund's case. All right, now more specifically about Switzerland, all right? So I had I know nothing about Switzerland. I just know, right, the Geneva. Is it Switzerland, correct? I'm, I'm, I know my geography. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know the Geneva Convention, right? Swiss, all that stuff. I know it's cold there. That's all I know about Switzerland. What is the, the What was the biggest misconception you had about Switzerland before you moved? I, I suppose Switzerland is this magical place, right? I mean, it's... It stands for peace. Mm-hmm. It stands for um, you know money because there's this huge financial institutions in you know Zurich. Right, right, um, right. But uh, it's 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 really an awesome country to be in. I have to say, um, I come from a country where we have you know summer, three hundred and sixty-five days. <laughs> so to come to a country where the seasons are perfect. And, to a point where when it's winter you get snow and it's beautiful fluffy snow and summer you get sunshine and and when autumn comes the leaves change so i live um literally in a vineyard um so if you ever were to google this small little village um called shebra we are actually on the hills um where they grow wine so wow what a life what a life there is someone who would come in and tend the wine but they don't they they don't bottle it and and send it to me you know it's basically part of the you know 
It's not part of the deal. It's not part of the Nestle deal. No, it's not part of the deal. But um, I, I don't know about misconceptions, but what I'll tell you about Switzerland is that it's quite a spectacular country. We have about 8.3.4 million inhabitants so far. I, I, may, I may be wrong with this, but I know it's around 8 million. Um, and they speak three languages. They speak um, German um, mostly, but in my part, they speak French uh, predominantly. And the, the part that's closer to Italy, they they. They speak Italian. Um, it is so Swiss is not a language, country. right? Swiss is not a language. Swiss is not a language. Okay. They do speak Swiss German, which uh-huh. is slightly different, um, and Swiss French, which is slightly different from French. Okay, um, that is used in in Paris because the way that they count is, is slightly different. Um, okay. So, for example, if you were to say a ninety, it's um, you know no no. Um, where in France they don't use that. They they use quatre vingt which is um, it's like the multiplying, right? Twenties and tens. Right, so it's right. A very different. I heard about way that. Of saying it. <laughs> yeah, but 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 mostly quite similar. And the way that they speak, it's a bit more sing songy, mm. you know, in French. When you go to Paris, it's just really, you know, uh, straight and 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 hard. It's quite different. You can hear it in the intonation, so mm. you can always tell somebody coming from France or coming from from um, Switzerland. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, it's it's just one of these beautiful countries where you can learn how to ski so um i I think i mentioned that uh, earlier so i'm like this 30 something year old guy trying to learn how to ski for the very first time and then you look at all these four-year-old children (laughs) just shushing down the slopes because they they do that as part of their curriculum you know when it's winter on wednesdays children get to go to ski slopes with their teachers wow and i was like that wow. is fantastic. So yeah, it's it's a it's a brilliant country, um, but everything is really expensive. Um, much more expensive than most part of Europe. Mm. I think it's comparable to that of the Nordics. I think, um, and nothing is open on Sundays. Okay. So like today, we're chatting on Sunday. I just came back from a ten-kilometer walk because there's nothing else to do other than <laughs> um, you know walk around and see the clothes shops. <laughs> So, so no shops are open um, <laughs> on Sunday. Everyone rests on Sundays. So we basically just uh, went through the vineyards and walked through all the way down to Vevey and back. And that's just stunning. And that's something that, you know, looking back when I was in the Philippines or in Malaysia, I would end up on a Sunday in a mall or watching a movie. Right, right. Uh, I mean, pre-COVID, but, you know, but right. But here, you know, most of my Sundays are and you know are on the slopes, you know, skiing in winter or you know going by the lake. Um, the lake is just in front of us in uh, the Lake Geneva, which is one of this one of this large body of water, and you can go in there and swim, um, or you can go on a boat. You can do uh, you know kayaking, or or what do you call that? You know where you stand on a paddle paddle boarding is that paddle boarding there you go you can do paddle boarding because it's so calm (laughs) um so it's it's this idyllic life yeah sounds like a wonderland (laughs) a winter wonderland it it is but it can be boring um but but then you know you, you get some of these downsides as well you know um for example you know when nothing is open you you can't really actually cut your grass on sunday because um it's it's not um, perceived as you know neighborly and and uh, I think they're trying to put it into the law that you can't mow your lawn on a wow. Sunday. Wow. Um, if you live in an apartment, um, you can't flush your toilet at eleven p.m. Wait, 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 wait. That can't. Know, what? Wait. Say. Repeat that one more time, please. <laughs> so you can't flush your toilet at eleven p.m. And I think they are they're putting that into the law as well. So these are the wait. What are you? Are, wait. Time out. What are you supposed to do? Uh, I don't know, but um, well, we live in a house, so we don't. <laughs> you don't have to worry about. Apartment but oh, problem, but, so but, so anyone yeah. listening, do, if if you're gonna move to Switzerland, make sure you get a house, dude. Don't don't live in an apartment because you can't use the bathroom yeah. or flush your toilet at eleven o'clock at night on a Sunday. <laughs> it's just this quirky little things that you just arrive and then they tell you things like that, and you go like, really? 
I mean, I've even heard of uh, the story of someone having a party, and you know, they invited the neighbors, um, and the neighbors left at eleven, and and the cops arrived thirty minutes later because the neighbors are saying, right now they're a nuisance because we need to go to bed. Oh my like, god! <laughs> Oh my god. It's all about like tranquil lifestyle. And that's why the shops close like 6 p.m. on a daily basis, you know. Nothing really happens. Um, And Sunday is a day of rest. So no shops are open except for restaurants. But right Right, now, because of COVID, they're, they're shut. But but yeah, they probably lo- they probably love COVID. Everyone's quiet. Know. Everyone's in their house. <laughs> oh yeah, my but, god! But, you know, even without COVID, right, you know, right. <laughs> this was our our daily, you know, routine. So a uh, weekly routine on a right, Sunday. Right. It's like, okay, everything is shut. What do we do? Oh Which my goodness! Mountain? Do we want to hike on, or or do we want to go to the lake, or is, is right, it sunny right. enough for us to to? To get a tan, um, so yeah, that's that's the the funny things that we, we do in Switzerland. You got you got to deal with some you got to deal with something, right? And so everything's gonna be a pro or some yeah. some cons. But all right, let's go back a little bit. So you you know you go to Switzerland. What thoughts did you have? Of course, with your identity, right? You and your partner, you're both gay yeah. men. You're Asian, right? Did you have yeah. like what is the Asian population? What is what are their outlooks towards the LGBTQ community? What are what are your thoughts and what what was the actual reality in Switzerland? Well, I I don't know this in in detail. So I don't live in a uh, sort of like a, a metropolitan part of um, Switzerland. I mean, I live in a vineyard, like I said, you know, and <laughs> right. we have very small villages. So, so that I'm not I've not been acquainted with the gay life or um, or the gay community. Yeah, in Switzerland. But what I do know is that they are quite receptive. Um, they do have um, the pride happening in Zurich um, uh, every year. Um, is so gay marriage legal in Switzerland? Of, I am not very sure, actually. That's okay. a very good question. I think they're trying to legalize it. Ah. Um, but I'm, I, I don't think so. They, they, they have gone on to that step because I'm not sure you're aware of this as well. Um, Switzerland is not part of the European Union. Okay. They are part of what they call a the Schengen uh, area, where oh. they're not part of the European Union, but they're sort of like some sort of trade um, um, agreements. So they're still, yeah, they're sort of like one foot in and one foot out. Got it, got so it. they're not bound to 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 that. So um, my partner and I are still not married until today. You know, we're, we're just sort <laughs> of like you know. Let's see where this goes. Right. Um, but I think if, if we were to investigate and if we really want to to, to do it, I, I think we could. And of course, that's the, always the option because my partner is British, then we could probably um, do, do that in, in the UK. And right, I mean, that's right. like just a, an hour and a half flight from where we are. So it's, it's not that far. <laughs> um, simple. And, 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 you know, you can go into France. I mean, France is literally opposite uh, where I live. Um, mm. It's just separated by a lake so if i really wanted to i think i can do that so i as a as a gay man i don't think um switzerland is uh, particularly an issue uh, a country where you have to be worried okay um being asian probably is a little bit more iffy i'm you know i'm very sure that right now if you look into the news you know there's a lot of you know, um, Asian hate because of the coronavirus and, right. you know, and everybody's lumped into this big ball. But, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, guys, you know, like Koreans are different from Japanese and Japanese are different from Chinese and right. Chinese are different from Malays. And I mean, Asia, when you say Asian, it could mean so many different nationalities Right. versus if I were to say, you know, if you're Caucasian, then it could be either European or American. And that, that right. too is so, so, you know, it's not a right way of, 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 of describing a person anymore because, you know, we, we're so multicultural today and we come from different backgrounds, you know, right. uh, like me, I'm, I'm, I'm Chinese, but I'm, I'm, I've never lived in China before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's always that misconception. So here, the funny thing is that you go to Asian restaurants where they would serve you either sushi or Chinese food. And I always look at it with sort of like, <laughs> I laugh about it because, you know, you know, this, this is two completely different cultures, but they see it as one. And right, right. I don't blame them because if you go to Malaysia, they sometimes do have 
Western restaurants and they serve you steak, <laughs> fish and chips, and then there is pasta and pizza and everything, you know, European and American all rolled up in one. Right, right. So, yeah, it, it's, it's just sort of ignorance and, and that's why I like it because when you come here and then people get interested, they want to find out more um, about my, my background, uh, what have I done, where I come from and, uh, you know, it's it's so interesting when you you live um, overseas that you get to do that because then people will start understanding. You know, the simple thing is that I have to tell people I'm Malaysian, but I'm not Malay because mm. Malay is a race, but yeah, Malaysian wow. is a nationality. You know, so you have American Chinese, right. just the same. I'm right. not Malay. I'm M- M- Malaysian Chinese. You know, right, right. So things like that are just amazing for me to to be able to impart to to friends right no that's all, i'm glad again and you, you're here educating me right because i i definitely didn't know there's a malay or a malaysian as you just mentioned right <laughs> so i think yeah. that's that's a very you know it's it's about this like you said, and again point of view being on this podcast educating me hopefully educate our listeners as well on the complexity of individuals, right? It's not as simple as to say, like you said, they're right, you're just an Asian guy. Like, no, but you're come from a particular region in Asia and a particular country that's very multicultural and all these other things. So I'm very glad that you're imparting this wisdom and knowledge on me as well, hopefully my listeners. So I just think that that's that's amazing and it gives into this, like I said, this complexity of life and it's not so easy just to put people into these boxes. But all right, so now let's talk about Swiss people, individuals. How if you were to describe to someone like in someone back home or anyone a friend and you're like hey how are Swiss people like are they friendly how would you describe them? They they don't like their toilets flushed after. <laughs> the Besides um, that, no, 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 I mean they are very private people. Um, mm. What I like about the, um, being in particularly in this part of Switzerland um, because we're very much more. Um, French-speaking, um, is that wherever you go, when, when I go on my walks, for example, everyone would wish one another bonjour. Um, we would acknowledge one another. And that's quite nice. I mean, if you if you remember watching Beauty and the Beast... I you know, just thought of that as you said it. I know. Bonjour, 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 bonjour. And, and it's really <laughs> lovely because, you know, I, I, you know I, uh, I'm a city boy, so you try not to speak to someone because... You're just worried that you right, get robbed right. or, or mugged or anything. <laughs> um, but but here it's it's that. But they're very private. Um, I think Swiss people they have a thing about noise. Um, so anything that's too loud, too noisy, you know, they they don't really like it. So um, in this region, you know, we um, I think two, about twenty minutes from where I live, it's Montreux. And Montreux is famous for its jazz festival. Oh, so every year we yeah. get really, you know, top acts, uh, you know, good top acts coming in. So I've seen Pet Shop Boys to Tom Jones to Elton John, you know. Um, I think uh, Lionel Richie was supposed to perform last year, but because of COVID, they cancelled it. Mm-hmm. So it's a festival for two weeks where you get all these um, acts, you know, from big names to, you know, those who are just starting out um, performing there. I've remembered... Uh, going into a concert and uh, for Macy Gray, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this, I, I bumped into a colleague and I said, hi, you know, and we were just chatting. I was like, this is my partner and, and stuff like that. And before you know it, a, a lady just tapped on my colleague's shoulder and said, excuse me, I'm trying to listen to the music here. Can uh- you stop talking? <laughs> and, and you go like, so I wouldn't say they are unfriendly, <laughs> but then they have quirks. Just like everywhere in the world, right? There are quirks. But, you know, I I have also met, you know, really friendly people, you know, that just sees you and they just want to shake your hand. Right. They want to ask you, how are you? Um, they're very courteous here. Um, I, I can only speak for the French uh, part because I've never lived in the uh, German part before. Okay. Um, but I just find these people really charming. And I quite like the fact that they're a bit more private because, you know, everyone is you know um you know they have their own lives and then their own things to do so i quite like that um about them and because it's also quite a small community you know because you live in small canton and villages and stuff like that people do know one another um 
and it's, it's just about being neighborly anywhere in the world that you I live in you know you you just have to be neighborly you just mm. have to be courteous and always smile uh, for me the most important thing is to smile um, <laughs> they're a smiling bunch the Swiss um, I, I think they are um, <laughs> you know um, I think with masks today it's just harder um, right right <laughs> in general you know you know like I said you know you walk around and you you just wish everyone bonjour bonsoir it's, it's really nice you know I find that really friendly you know wow, versus if you were to go to a big city and everybody's just keeping to themselves right right I just quite like that it, it, that gentle I'm, nudge it's just so funny that when you mentioned bonjour literally Beauty and the Beast came into my head like that scene I know <laughs> and they're in the village too but it's in France but still it's just a hilarious thing I'm thinking about you know the baker with bread and stuff like that but alright anyway. yeah. <laughs> it's a very funny image alright now last segment of the podcast of Fortune I could talk to you forever Edmund you're a cool guy um, alright lightning round questions let's see how you do just one word answers favorite okay. place in Switzerland Zermatt what's it called Zermatt Zermatt um, it's 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 um, it's this little village where you can't reach by car you have to take a train up and everything there it's it, they they drive these little milk cartons around to 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 ferry people around so it they it's it's very non-polluted and of course there's the beautiful Matterhorn uh mountain and if you go to Disneyland I'm sure you have seen the Matterhorn uh, ride and I've actually seen the Matterhorn mountain it's beautiful wow you can ski there so um <laughs> it's a beautiful village I've been there before it's it's so beautiful yeah um most underrated thing about Switzerland? Hmm. I'm torn. Um, <laughs> fondue? Really? Or maybe raclette. Maybe raclette is a little bit more underrated. So raclette is the unpopular, you know, um, cousin to fondue. So fondue, it's sort of like cheese in a pot and you dip your bread in. Mm -hmm. Raclette, it's, it's, it's done in a way that they have um, uh, potatoes, um, and what they do is that they heat the cheese and then they slice it so it just melts on top of the potatoes. Uh, and you eat it with um, some some uh, gherkins, and it's delicious. Um, very similar to fondue, but oh, then right. I think it's a less well-known um, uh, cuisine from, okay. from Switzerland. Most overrated thing about Switzerland? Watches. It's like every time you go to a city, everyone wants to buy a watch. Like if you can't afford your Rolex, you would buy a Swatch because Swatch is Swiss. So watches. yeah, and yeah, so everybody loves their watches here. Everybody wants to buy a Rolex or a Patek Philippe. They they have a museum for Patek Philippe as well. Where mm. I've seen like the Fabergé eggs versions of that that watch all the way down to the modern times. It's it's, it's quite cool. Yeah. All right. Favorite uh, Swiss French phrase. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can say that on. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. You can say it. This is explicit. This is explicit. Um, okay, maybe I'll, I'll do this one. Uh, well, it's quite French. Uh, it's fou, uh, which means it's mad. Um, every, you know when. It's fou. It's fou. How you say it again? Oh, c'est fou. C'est fou. Yeah. It's mad. So it, Literally, I mean, it's mad. Um, I mean, you know, they are so crazy about being on time and and everything working like clockwork. Um, I've I've remembered, you know, a uh, you know a train arriving and re refusing to depart because the bus is late that will bring in the passengers. So they were waiting for the passengers from the bus because the bus was late. So everything works. And then there's this lady, you know, and I say, Foo! because, you know, she's going to miss her next, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I love train it. ride or something. C'est fou. C'est fou. C'est fou. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fun thing to say. All right. Um, and last, last question. 60 seconds on the clock. Not really, but it's the last question. <laughs> um, what have you learned about yourself in this time of living in Switzerland? And what do you hope to continue learning? Well, first, I think I want to improve my French. It's a very tough language. Um, but I, I suppose, you know, moving from country to country and, and coming to Switzerland, what it, it really taught me was that um, 
I can do anything as long as I put my my heart and soul into it. And and I think it's about keeping an open mind wherever you go and and discovering cultures. I, I really love that. Um, you know, when I come to a new country, I'm I'm learning. I'm being assimilated into the culture here and, and it's, it's fantastic right um and and you have to just tell yourself you know if you've you've been given an opportunity to go because you know if i've never been to switzerland i would have never seen a festival that they would celebrate once in, in 25 years and it, that happened in 2019 and i've seen it before and i'm like wow this is a unesco heritage um, event and it only happens one in, in 25 years and I'm, I'm here in this moment and you know these kind of moments you would miss if if you don't tell yourself to be to be bold to go and to try and to, to see it and and, and that's what my experience in Switzerland really tells me. And also, you know, if you're a city boy, what makes you think that you can live in a small village, in a vineyard, <laughs> and you don't get malls around you, you know? But, you know, it, it, it's just about readjusting and re-educating yourself to, to try something new. And you never know, you might actually like it. you enjoyed that episode with Edmund I most definitely did I really appreciate Edmund coming on especially because he educated me and gave me some insight hopefully you as well on just you know life in Malaysia what is the difference between being Malay and Malaysian and as well as how complex you know Asia is I think lots of us you know in the west right in the western hemisphere <laughs> particularly in America we tend to think of Asians as this very homogenous group of people and not understand that, like he said, a lot in a lot of places, it's a melting pot. A lot of mixture of cultures and religions and things like that. So I'm glad that he was able to, you know, give insight on that because I was definitely ignorant to that, honestly. Um, so yeah, so I appreciated that. And then also, Switzerland. I mean, I've never thought about going to Switzerland, but, you know, I always thought it was cold. He told me it has four seasons, you know, me being me. I'm thinking, oh, Switzerland sounds like a cold place year-round. Obviously, not the case. But also, it sounds like a really beautiful... I mean, the way he describes it is a very beautiful scenery, you know? <laughs> this isn't a freaking vineyard, for God's sakes. Um, but, you know, it seems like a cool place to visit, at least, you know, for for a few days as you, you know, travel around Europe and things like that. But, um, yeah, he just gave a lot of great details. And and also, great perspectives on moving abroad as, an, as a couple and how he always went in feet first and just gave it a try because he wanted to, you know, and he, he believed in himself. So just really powerful stuff. But yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, next week, I don't know who I'm going to have on. If you heard my last episode, I said this and look what I got, gave you, Switzerland. So, you know, I always come through. <laughs> I always come through with something. I think of stuff on the fly. I'm very much, I'm not a huge planner. I'm more of a let's see what happens kind of person, honestly. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of what we're going to do. So we'll see if I do a solo episode. I don't know. Um, if you're listening, maybe you can give me some ideas of what you want to hear me talk about. If you want me to do a solo episode, I might do an IG live. We'll see. But yeah, as always, stay tuned because, you know, I'm always going to give you that good shit. <laughs> but yeah, if you like what you hear, please leave a review and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other favorite streaming platforms. And of course, follow my Instagram at Abroad. See you next week. This is Color Abroad. Peace.